came out Sunday just to pray, to take time each day and pray for our revival. Well, if you got your Bible, take it to Judges chapter number two. Judges chapter number two, we started here in the book of Judges, and I just kind of give you an overview, an introduction to Judges. Why did God bring Judges to the Israelites? <coughs> if you were here last week, we started this subject here, and uh, we'll, we'll continue that same subject on the introduction to the Judges. So, uh, the Bible says in Judges chapter number 2, and we started in verse number 1, went all the way through verse number 10, uh, that God gave two different things in the introduction to, to the Judges. Number one, God gave them a warning of what to do and how to get right. You need to, you need to make sure that you obey the voice of God and uh, you need to drive, drive out those things that you shouldn't be doing. And uh, when, when, when he left, uh, the children of Israel that did not obey, they did not obey the they would be a thorn in their side, and they wept, and they prayed to God. That's what happened when uh, this warning came. And then we read in verses number 6 through 10 that when Joshua's life was there, the children of Israel served God. In verse number 6, uh, he, uh, Joshua had, had lived the life that he lived. In verse number 7, the influence of Joshua, uh, God had brought Joshua to the children of Israel, and, and as long as Joshua was alive... They live for God. Now, if we notice that, that there are times in, in our life or times that I have seen churches, pastors, leaders, if you will, when, when the leader's right, the people's right. And then when the leader falls or the leader just goes away, and then sometimes I've seen where people have gone astray. Now, in my, in my lifetime, I have seen preachers, uh, stray away from the old book. I've seen preachers uh, change their 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 stand on the Bible, change their stand. Uh, I, one of the preachers I used to follow, he he went to jail, and uh, look, and uh, he spent some time in jail, and and that leader caused other people to fall. I, I saw another leader that I followed and was uh, and went to his school. He changed Bibles and changed how all kinds of different things. Look, there's still people following him uh, the wrong direction. And just because some leader goes the wrong direction, we shouldn't follow him. Uh, a, a leader is going to make mistakes. I'm going to make mistakes. I'm going to do something I shouldn't. So ultimately, you shouldn't be following me. You should be following who? I should be following the Lord. And so as long as Joshua was in leadership, they followed God. Should that be the trend? Should that be the way that it is? When the leader's right, everyone's right. And the leader goes awry, then everybody should go awry, right? No. That's not how it should be. But the children of Israel, that's how they live. Joshua was right, they stayed right. And verse number 10, a very challenging verse that we talked about last week. In verse number 10, the Bible says... And also all that generation were gathered to, uh, under their fathers and there rose a generation after them which knew not the Lord. They didn't know God. They did not know God. How sad it is if we raise a generation that doesn't know who God is. Uh, I, I fear for this generation today they don't know who God is and how important it is as a church 
to go after people, to go after the older generation, to go after the younger generation, to go after the young people. They need God more so now than ever before. They need God. And uh, it is our responsibility to go get and preach and teach the gospel from the oldest to the youngest. They need the Lord. And I, I, would, I would be ashamed of myself if, if it was written that Trenton did not do everything I could to try to reach a generation that doesn't know who God is. So it is our responsibility. When the house has failed, when the home has failed to preach the gospel, it is the church's responsibility to preach the gospel. There are homes across America that do not preach Jesus. And the church needs to reach those young people. Because we don't want to see a generation raised that does not know God. Now, we see the warning. We see number two, Joshua's life. And number three, let's look at the evil of Israel. Let's read in verse number 11, if you will. Verse number 11, all the way down to verse number 13. The Bible says that the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord and served who? Balaam. And they forsook the Lord of their fathers, which, had, which brought them out of the land of Egypt and followed other gods uh, <coughs> of the gods of Egypt and followed, I'm sorry, of the, God, of the gods of the people that were round about them and, and bowed themselves unto them and provoked the Lord to anger. And the Lord forsook them. And served Baal and Ashtaroth. And they forsook the Lord. So as we look at this, the evil of Israel, the Lord, uh, these children of Israel decided that they would no longer follow God. They decided that this generation, see what happens when people don't know who God is, when they do not uh, recognize what God has done, they, they go away from God. They push away from God. And so they served other gods. Uh, Evil brought the need for deliverance. Evil brought the need for the judges. Evil brought the need for someone to stand in the gap. Look, there is evil in this world. There is wrong in this world. This world needs the gospel. This world needs the Bible. And so I don't care how evil it gets or how evil society is, we cannot change societal problems because society will always have problems. What we can do is stand firm on this book and still preach the book whether society agrees or whether society is against us or society is for us. This Bible cannot and should not ever change. Whether evil is there or whether evil is not there, uh, uh, this Bible should always stay the same. And our preaching should always stay the same. The children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord in verse number 11. This shows how defiant they were. Can you imagine? (coughs) Now, I don't know about you, but I have children that sometimes they do wrong, but a lot of times when they do wrong, they do it behind my back because they don't want me to see it. How bold are you 
to do wrong in the sight of the Lord. Did you ever do wrong and your daddy sat there and watched you do wrong? I wouldn't be sitting here. You wouldn't be sitting here. I'd try to hide it. I didn't want nobody to know. If I'm doing wrong, I don't want nobody to know. But these children of Israel defiantly did wrong in the sight of the Lord. Now, ultimately, the Bible says that the eyes of the Lord are in every place beholding the evil and the good. So God sees everything we do. So technically, when we live in sin, God sees it. And we are doing it in the sight of the Lord. So when you think that you're in your bedroom or you're in your closet, if you will, uh, and no one can see what you are and no one can see what you watch and no one can see what you're doing and no one can see what you're listening to, there is a God in heaven who hears and sees all that you do. No one will ever know. Yes, somebody will know. That's the Lord. They did evil in the sight of the Lord. Yes, ma'am. Yeah. Come on. Yep. (laughs) What have you done in your life? What is it that you're hiding that you don't want nobody to know about? Oh, no. I can't imagine you would ever do anything bad. Uh huh. So I, I told her we had. I was a Catholic then, and we had to. I, we had to bring a quarter to get this little, you know, for something to do with our catechism. Uh huh. And so I told her that it cost fifty cents instead of a quarter. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't that awful? <laughs> 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 Isn't that the truth? And that was horrible. And so I lied to her. Oh. And so I got that extra quarter and I bought a bunch of junk at the store. A, a package of Kool-Aid and I ate it out of the package. <laughs> Kool-Aid, wonderful, huh? <laughs> and also, I guess I got candy or whatever. I don't remember what else I got. So. I remember. And it didn't do me <laughs> I remember one time. I don't think I ever told you about it. Uh, oh, wow. You better not have, right? I remember one time as a kid, we were in the grocery store. It was a Sunday, uh, more Wednesday. It was church day, and we had went in there and got something. And on the cash register, there were these tickets that you could buy. Um, and I reached up there and grabbed a ticket and stuck it in my pocket. A lottery ticket. Yeah. <laughs> and so we walked out to the car, and uh, I said, Mom, what? I got a ticket or something. I can't remember exactly what I said or what she said, but all I know is I had to march myself back in there and give them back that ticket I took. And, uh, you know, I had to face the consequences from wrong. 
The children of Israel, they faced the consequences for the wrong when they did defiantly against God. God told them that if you will do right, I will extinguish your enemy. But because you won't do right, I will not. See, there are, there are battles we face and battles maybe we can't even conquer because we won't get rid of the sin that's in our life. Uh, we like that petty sin. We like to do that wrong. Look, uh, there, if it's wrong, I heard a preacher say this many times uh, or many, many years ago. He said, if it ever was right, it's still right. And if it ever was wrong, it's still wrong. So if it was wrong a year ago, it's still wrong today. If it was wrong a hundred years ago, it's still wrong today. If it was ever was right, it's still right. And as a Christian, we live our life uh, by rules and things that we set in front. I don't want to do evil in the sight of God. I don't want God to look at me and say, look at this guy. He's doing evil in my sight. He's doing wrong. He's doing things he shouldn't do in the sight of God. But they did it defiantly. They did it knowing that God was watching. Knowing that God was watching. They did it evil. God can see us all. Any thoughts or questions before we move on? Joshua would have never had the success that he had without being honest with God. Yep. He, he wanted the favor of God, but he knew that obedience was the key. That's right. That's right. And they didn't do this when Joshua was alive. And so they had success. And so they thrived. And they, and they won every battle they went to. Except for the one when there was sin in the camp. God cannot give us victory if there's sin in the camp. He won't. Outright, defiant sin, we can't get it. We won't be able to. Leaveneth the whole lump. That's right. It takes one sin. And I know some people that, I mean, they think, well, it's just, a, it's just a little sin. I don't care if it's a little sin or if it's a big, if you would categorize it as a big sin, all sin is wrong. A little white lie is just as wrong as a gossip, and a gossip is just as wrong as murder, and homosexuality is just as wrong as any other sin. Any other sin. Of the world, we want to classify, well, that's a really, 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 really bad sin. Well, lying is just as bad yeah. as any other sin. Just as bad. It's just as wrong. Sin is sin is sin. It doesn't matter where you think it ranks. There is no small sin to God. None. Zero. They did evil in the sight of God. Look in verse number 12 and verse number 13. They forsook God. They forsook him. They said, bye, see you later. Can you imagine forsaking God who brought you to where you are? Who crossed the Red Sea, who crossed Jordan, who conquered the land, uh, who, who provided manna, who provided for you in the middle of the desert, who provided every step of the way as a Christian, and yet you say, bye, I'll see you later, and they forsake God. 
I know young people and individuals and Christians today who have forsaken God. And yet he has provided for him, and he has done wonderful works for them. Listen, if there's anything in my life that keeps me where I'm at, it's because of what God has done for me. Amen. I can't forsake God. Look what he's done for you. Look at those answered prayers. Look at those things. Well, everything's not rosy right now. Everything's not great right now. But you look at what God has done for you. And don't ever forget it. <coughs> don't forsake God. Look, they forsook God. They followed after other gods. So not only did they forsake him, but they went following after, chasing after somebody else who was dead. Right. The, the, only, the only God in the world whose grave is empty is Jesus. Amen. I don't care what other grave you go to today, it's full. Dead man's bones. But you go to Jerusalem today, and Jesus' grave is empty. Why would I forsake God and follow any other God? He's alive. They forsook God. They followed other gods. They bowed themselves to other gods. Not only did they follow other gods, but they bowed to other gods. Who do you bow to? That's going to be the only one we ought to bow to. Yes. And there will be a day for those that don't bow. They will bow yes, they before a holy God. They will bow. They forsook, they followed, they bowed. And then the Bible says they served. They served other gods. What in the world? Why? 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 What did those other gods do for them? Brought them victory on top of victory until they turned their back on them. Yeah. What did those other gods do for them, though? What did Balaam do for them? Nothing. Nothing. Wasn't it the story of Elijah? I can't remember if it's Elijah or Elisha. Which one is it that brought fire down from heaven? Elijah. Elijah. What were those other guys doing? They were cutting themselves oh, yeah. and frailing all over the place and laying out and screaming. screaming and hollering that their God would help them. And what did their God do? Nothing. Oh, they must be on a journey somewhere. And what did God do for them? Brought fire down from heaven. Hmm. Now, any thoughts or questions? What do you think God's reaction is to all this? What is the Lord's reaction to this evil of Israel? What would be your reaction? Kill him! Right? You're going to forsake me? You're going to follow after other gods? You're going to bow down to other gods? You're going to serve other gods? What is your reaction? You want to know God's reaction? Look at verse 12. 
bowed themselves unto them and provoked the Lord to anger. He was mad. He was mad. You think that for just a moment that when we forsake God and we follow after other gods and we bow ourselves to other gods that it doesn't make God angry? It does. It does. Yep, it does. So, now, number one, we looked at the warning. Number two, Joshua's life. Number three, the evil of Israel. But number four, let's look at the anger of the Lord. What does God do? What does God do? Let's look in verse 14. Bible says that the anger of the Lord was hot against Israel and he delivered them into the hands of the spoilers and that spoiled them and he sold them into the hands of their enemies round about so that they could no longer stand before their enemies. What did God do to them? What did God do to them? Because they forsook God, because they followed other gods, because they bowed themselves down, because they, they served other gods, what did God do to them? Verse 14. What what God do to him? Wash his hands up. He gave him over to the spoilers. Yeah. Here. Take them. Made their enemies win. Because they were doing evil in the sight of God. Don't think for just a moment that you can do evil and evil and evil and think you're going to have victory. Victory comes from God. As a Christian, victory over sin, victory over wrong, victory, uh, victory in our life, it comes from God. If we're not following Him, if we're not being obedient to him, we can't have true, right victory. Right. He gave them to the spoilers. <coughs> he gave them to the spoilers. And he sold them into the hands of their enemies. He was hot against him. Verse 14 and verse 20 says that he was hot. See, there is consequences for sin. Oh, man, you'll get away with it. You'll live it up. Do what you will. You will pay the consequences for your sin. Be sure your sin will find you out. It will happen. He delivered them against their enemies. He was against them. And verse 15 tells us that they were greatly distressed. Verse 15. I want you to read this verse with me. Whethersoever they went out, the hand of the Lord was against who? Them. The hand of the Lord was against them. Why was the hand of the Lord against the children of Israel? Because they did evil in the sight of the Lord. See, many people think that they can live their life how they want, when they want, where they want, and face no consequences. It is absolutely false. 
You live a life of evil, you will reap the benefits of living the life of evil. I don't care how much good you want. I don't care how much good you desire. I don't care how much victory you desire. If you live a life of evil, what are you going to get? You reap what you sow. Trenton, Trenton reaps what he sows. As a church, we're going to reap what we sow. We want victory. We want God to have victory in our church. We want God to, God to do a great work in our church. We want God to see people saved. We want God to grow our church. We want God to do these things. Then guess what we need not to have? Sin running rampant. Because sin will deter the, the, the things of God. We'll stand in God's way. Now, God showed his anger in verse 14 and verse 15. But verse number 16, God shows mercy. See, when God was angry, God showed wrath and quick. But with God's anger, he also showed mercy. Verse 16, nevertheless, the Lord raised up judges which delivered them out of the hands of them that spoiled them. See, God brought a deliverer. Every time when there is wrath, there's always a deliverance. With God, there was, there's always a deliverance. Uh, the children of Israel ran from God and worshiped other gods and followed other gods and served other gods. God, just kill them. No, that's not what God did. God brought a deliverer. And God brought the judges on. And this is what caused the judges to be brought on. Uh, verse, uh, verse number 18, the Bible says, And when the Lord raised them up, judges, then the Lord was with the judge and delivered them ha- out of the hand of their enemies all the days of the judge. For it repenteth the Lord because of their groanings by reasons, reason of them that oppressed them and vexed them. And it came to pass when the judge was dead that they returned and corrupted themselves more than their fathers in following other gods to serve them and to bow down unto them and ceased not from their own doings nor from the stubborn way. And we're going to cover this in the introduction. I'm not going to repeat this every time we preach a new judge. Look, the children of Israel got right under the judge. They worshiped God under the judge. Uh, The judge came to deliver them. And then as soon as the judge died, as soon as the judge was over, they went right back to the world, right back to worshiping and bowing down and following other gods immediately. It went right back to it. Went right back to it. The key to the judge's success was not the judge. It was to God. The key to success in this life is not the preacher. And it's not you. It's God. (coughs) The key to success for our church. The key to success for your life. The key to success for everything is not a person. It's not an individual. It is God. 
Verse 17 tells us that they would not hearken. They would not listen to the voice of God. They would not listen to their judges. They were disobedient. They went after other doctrines and wrong, and they turned quickly out of the way when the judge died. Verse number 20, the Bible says, And the anger of the Lord was hot against Israel, and he said, Because this people hath transgressed against my covenant, which I commanded their fathers, and have not hearkened unto my voice. There's two reasons why God was upset. One reason was because they didn't listen to his covenant. The other reason they, that, uh, they did not obey his covenant. The other reason that he, that he was hot, uh, his anger was hot against him, was because they didn't listen. And one of the things that would make my dad mad more than anything else is if I didn't listen to what he said. What would happen if you were completely disobedient to your father growing up and never listened to what he said? I'd get a whooping. What? I'd get a whooping. You've got to be kidding me. I got so many whoopings in my life. Because I wouldn't hearken. Hey, it would be a good thing to happen to people today, huh? Let me ask you something. Do you listen when God speaks? Do you hearken to what God says? Do you, are you obedient to what he says? Or do you just hear it? Because I'm going to tell you that it was not enough for me to just hear what my dad said. <laughs> it was not enough for me to just hear what he said. It was enough for me to hear what he said and to do what he said. As a Christian, we need to hear and we need to do. Now, I'm going to close with this, verse 21, verse 23. He said, I also will not henceforth drive out any from before them of the nation which Joshua left when he died that through them I may prove Israel whether they will keep the way of the Lord to walk therein as their fathers did keep it or not. Therefore the Lord left the nations without driving them out hastily, neither delivered he them into the hand of Joshua. God told them, because you will not hearken, because you will not listen to my covenant, those enemies are going to be there and they're going to continue to nag you, and they're going to continue to be a thorn in your side because you won't listen to me. Let me ask you, what is it that you won't listen to God about and you can't get victory over? You want victory? What's holding you back? What's stopping you from getting that victory? What stopped the children of Israel from getting the clear victory they needed in the book of Judges was because they would not hearken to God and they would not completely be obedient to His covenant. What's holding me back? What's holding you back from doing and accomplishing all that God wants you to accomplish? Any thoughts or questions? All God wants us to do as children of God is to repent for our slothfulness. You know, he wants us to repent for all that 
then he will heal our land. But until we put our big boy britches on and do it, we're going to be under sin, under the pressure of sin, not seeing any flourishing of God's grace and his love because we're wanting to be under the curse of sin. But if we just repent, he'll say, you're forgiven, let's walk on. Yeah. It's very simple. God has mercy. Yes, our sin is great. Yes, we need to repent of our sin. But God has mercy that if we have that sin, He's faithful and just to forgive us of sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. When we come to God and ask for forgiveness, He will forgive us. But we need to be careful and we need to repent of our sin and we need to get right with God. I do not want my sin to stop blessings from God. The children of Israel's sin stopped the blessings of God. What stops your blessings? What stops your victory? If there's sin in your life, if there's sin in my life, it will stop those from getting accomplished. That's And I say this too as well. You say, well, things are going bad in my life. I guess it's because of my sin. That's not always the case. Job went through a trial of his life, and it wasn't because of Job's sin. It was simply because God allowed Satan to attack Job. And it wasn't because of the wrong that Job had done. There are times in my life I will reap the benefit from my sin, and those things will happen. But sometimes in our life we experience those things, and God is trying to help us, whether it is allowing Satan to attack us, whatever it is, God's plan is right, God's plan is true, and God is sure, and God is always good. Um, but it's not always sin that causes those things. But sin can cause things from getting the way that God wants them to be. Does sin stop things in your life? Any other thoughts or questions? And then we'll close. God's looking for a vessel. He is. To put the blessing in. Yeah. But that vessel needs to be clean. Yeah. Right. You know. Be clean and right. The, the vessel, you know, you go to H-E-B and you buy $75 worth of groceries. Mm-hmm. What do they give you? They give you a bag. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't just put the groceries in your arms. Right. So the bag is just as valuable as the product. You order a pizza and they come to the door and they say, Domino's and they're holding the pizza like this and the, the gooey cheese and all that's dropping, dripping on your shoes. <laughs> Don't you have a box? Uh, that 39 cent piece of cardboard becomes very valuable to hold the product. Yeah. God wants us to do right. How valuable are you? Oh, help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. To God's product. Yes. yes. Amen. All right, any other questions or thoughts? Sorry to disrupt the service. All right, let's pray. You didn't disrupt the service. Let's pray. Lord, I love you. Thank you for tonight.